from the streets of Cincinnati, welcome to the jungle! This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the AFC North champion Cincinnati Bengals, who are going to be at the NFL Combine today watching, at some point, some of their future players. Don't know where. Offense linemen, defense linemen, cornerbacks, who knows? But it starts tonight. So, do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. I'm up to 1,509 subscribers. That is awesome. As always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. So, if you watch on Facebook or Twitter and you have yet to, to subscribe to my channel, please do so. Please go to Sports with Strawberry Ice on YouTube. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for the notification. And every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, Exclusively in the YouTube chat crew, we're doing super chats. So if you want to support what I'm doing or make sure your comment gets read, give me a super chat. I would greatly appreciate it. And as always, I'm coming to you live from the Ice Cave. And the Ice Cave is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys. Like I said, the combine starts, actually started at uh, about an hour and a half ago. I was watching it. Um, I had to stop because I had to come here and do my show. I'm very curious uh, to watch uh, Desmond Ritter. Uh, so I have kind of a rooting interest in this as a uh, Bear, Bearcat fan. See how he does. And for me, the closer they get this over with, the closer we get to free agency and the closer we get to find out what in the hell the Bengals are going to do. Because I don't know about you guys, but I am ready to find out. Anyway, let's get to my guest today. He's none other than Josh. He's from Back Row Bengals. You know, he comes on the show. He brings the fire. Me and him getting arguments. He's like a little brother to me. You know, I just want to give him a little knuckle every time I see him. Anyway, let's get to Josh. 
What is up, Josh? Jeff, you know, I, I thought I was going to like, you know, take maybe like a week off, just kind of like relax, kind of, kind of get myself situated with my job, and you know, kind of, kind of get back for to all those friends and family that I've completely disassociated <laughs> with during the season. But it feels like this off season is just we're starting right now, man. We're right back to it. A lot of things happening in the world of the Bengals. A lot of things happening in the world of the Bearcats. In, in all sports, Bear, Bearcats, football, baseball, and basketball. Uh, so, I mean, I just needed to get back on. I needed to talk to you. And uh, when you said, tip me that text, said, hey, come on my podcast, I said, 100%, brother. Thank you so much for having me on, man. Always great. Hey, no problem. Man. I, I really like the the intellectual look. I don't know if it really helps you out at all, but I do like the glasses. Yeah, you like it? Yeah, you yeah. like it? Brand like new. It. Uh, not brand new, really. Uh, my blue light glasses here, they don't uh-huh. do, they don't serve a purpose other than I kind of like the look. It's different. When you actually are old, you need glasses. Like <laughs> and you can look, you can look like a teacher, you know? Hey, you know what? I, I have yet to break these out at, at, at my school. So maybe, maybe that'll be tomorrow. Dude, be you, oh, you should totally do that. Yeah. Pull them down your nose. But, hey, yep. what, I hey, see yeah. you over there. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> All right. So we got the uh, NFL combine tonight. Like I said, I'm interested in watching sure. Dez. And there's a lot of guys like Daniel Jeremiah, who's the big guy for the NFL network on their scouting uh, department does not have Des in this top five of quarterbacks, or excuse me, top four of quarterbacks. He's got him at fifth, yeah. which hey, I I think he's my opinion. I think he's number two behind uh, Pickett, Prickett, whatever the hell you call his name, Prick, is. Prickett. Prickett. <laughs> yeah. He's from Pittsburgh, whatever. <laughs> Prickett, Pickett, whatever his name Prickett. is. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm real curious to see how good uh, Des does it. tonight. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, um. One of the things about Dez that, that I've been really interested. Oh, I'm sorry. Are, are we talking Bengals or, or, or Bearcats? I got. Yeah, I got, I was Bearcats. I was talking about Dez. Okay, let's See, talk you're, about. You're, you're too busy trying to talk to Crips. Yeah, Crips you're right. Dead. You're right. You're right. So let's <laughs> talk about Dez for a minute. He Dez is a guy that is, you know, he really shot his draft stock up during the the Senior Pro Bowl. And I think something that Dez has over a lot of these, you know, other quarterbacks is his mechanics. And a lot of people don't give him enough credit for his in pocket mechanics. He does have really good mechanics. Now his decision making maybe is still not there in terms of in terms of NFL ready. His arms really not there yet in terms of NFL ready. But these NFL teams are really liking him. And like you said, he's on the outside looking in of that top four. However, I will say this: in the draft, in a QB draft class like this, it's number one. It's very diverse. There, there's a lot of different styles. But in terms of talent, they're all kind of right there. So it's really going to come down to what fits a team's offense most. So, you know, you look around the league of, of where possibly Des might fit in. I, I I think I would see him. I see him going to uh, Washington. I, I could see that as a landing spot for him. I saw another one today. I actually just looked at Twitter. Uh, the Detroit was looking at Des. And, and actually, I just got this update. It's very strange. Apparently, Dan Campbell, who I have my reservations about. I, I don't mm-hmm. think he's. But apparently, Dan Campbell made Desmond Ritter drink a full glass of milk and then watched him practice. Des is lactose intolerant. And they said they wanted to see him play through the pain. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think this happened during the senior bowl practices. But I was just like, that's Uh, so weird. That's kind of weird. I mean, the the interesting thing I I saw uh, on NFL Network, I saw uh, Coach Fickle was in uh, the coach's box with uh, Matt, um, the coach for Carolina. Um, Matt Rule. Matt Rule. Mm-hmm. So I could see Carolina. Carolina, a spot yeah. Because they, we, we already know what's going on with their, their quarterback situation. They're not happy with mm-hmm. their quarterback situation. Now they got right. a ton of money they already have to pay Sam Darnold, mm-hmm. so, but they're not sold on him. So yeah. I could definitely see Carolina as a landing spot for him, and I would yeah. love it to be there. Yeah, Carolina's actually a, a really solid spot for him, especially in an offense, having Christian McCaffrey right there. It takes a lot of pressure off of Dez, especially in maybe his rookie year. He's probably not going to start his rookie year. Uh, but but building him into that system, it seems like Matt Rule wants to go high octane, high offense. Let's get that quarterback rolling out there. I mean, obviously having Cam Newton and Teddy Bridgewater, and you know, it seems like Matt Rule likes those types of guys. And Desmond Ritter does fit that mold really well. But again, like I said, he tends to have better mechanics than a lot of these other running quarterbacks. Crypt Keeper makes a, another great point. Des, uh, Desmond Ritter going to the Saints. I mean, obviously you saw how the Saints 
kind of rework their offense around Taysom Hill and, you know, not have, you know, Taysom Hill is not a quarterback. He's not, he's not a quarterback. A, he's not he, a quarterback. He, he's, a, he's a getting suit knife is what mm-hmm. he is. He, he's really right. good at a whole bunch of different stuff, but he's not yeah. a quarterback. Yeah, he, he's 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 pretty good at a lot of things and not really, really good at one thing. And Desmond fits that mold and allows them to have a run, have that running style of offense, but also has the arm to at least get the ball, you know, 10, 15, 20 yards consistently and consistently making good decisions in the pocket. And so, you know, if you get him in the NFL and you get him some practice and you get him with a guy like Matt Rule, who is an offensive guru, he can really have a lot of success. And again, I want to see him go to an NFC team. I yes, really, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I do I, not want to yeah. see an AFC team. If I see no. him get drafted by the Steelers, I'm pulling ah, my head to the desk. Hush, no, no, no. I don't. don't I don't think happen. it'll. Uh, I don't think it'll happen. But well, they keep talking about the Squealers taking the kid from Liberty. So really? there's, a, there's a chance that uh, that that might happen. Yeah, yeah. And but again, it, it goes back to how diverse this uh, QB class is, and how kind of like really in terms of talent, nobody's really outshining. I am seeing Blake Pickett. You know. Getting said, like, so one guy said he had Joe Burrow potential. I'll get out of here. Okay. There's only one jackpot. Let's be be real here. Stop. Let's be real, people. All right. Stop. Richard says uh, they've been talking about the Bearcat QB is looking the best in the combine. I see in a mock him going to the Lions. Now, the Lions, Mm. I would assume if they're going to take him, it would be in the second round because they got the second overall pick. Mm -hmm. Maybe they'll take him a second overall pick, but. They could t- they could take uh, uh, one of the defensive ends too for, for you know out of Michigan or the kid out of out of uh, uh, Oregon. I gotta let my dog out, so you go yeah. walking. I'll yeah, yeah, you 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 go, you go. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the Desmond Ritter going to the Detroit. So the the problem with going to Detroit is in the fact that you know it doesn't seem like that he really is going to fit that same mold that Jared Goff did. Again, Jared Goff, I mean, he's a Average to above average quarterback. Sometimes he's good at at, at certain spots, but he just doesn't quite have that, you know, the the same NFL mechanics as as, as Jared Goff does. So it's going to be interesting to see him basically mold into that Detroit Lions offense. And I don't really know how exactly Dan Campbell wants to use him. Dan Campbell's a smash mouth, pounded out type of guy. And having Desmond Ritter there now, obviously he's more of a running quarterback, running gun, kind of get you know get the offense moving fast, which is something that we really wanted to see Mike Denbrock do more during the season. And you know, but it seemed like Mike Denbrock wanted to focus more on having Desmond in the quarterback and working as a a or excuse me in quarterback in the pocket, and have Desmond Ritter be more of a pocket passer and you know kind of prepare him and let him mature a little bit more. So I'm I'm very interested. That's kind of an interesting point. I really see Carolina though. Carol and you know you talk about they have the second overall pick now. Uh, Royal Flush Terry just just made a mention. They also have the 32nd pick. I forgot about that. Yeah, which 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 is where you can probably you know that's probably a, a good, good that yeah. would they're probably in a really good spot to take a quarterback right there. Yeah, I yeah, Malik they, they will they be Des right there. Right. Yeah, you get to pick Des right there, and and just like that you either have your quarterback for the future or you have a really, really good backup uh, to Jared Goff. And at least, you know, he can learn a little bit under him as well. All right. I want to get to this. And I knew we've talked, but I've talked about this at Ozzy and the offensive line, but Charles, and I don't this would be just a complete guess. I'll point to this way. This is what I'd like it to be, but he wants to know what will be the starting five O line for 2022, 23 man, season. Man. All right. I, I, this is all right. I really do think that they're going to at least make one big free agent splash in the offensive line. I really believe they're going to make two, to be honest. Just yep. listening to what Frank Pollock was saying yesterday, he wants he wants glass eaters. Glass eaters. He wants he wants athletic guys. Mm-hmm. All right, to me, that sounds like we're getting a not nothing against Jonah Williams, but we're getting an athletic left tackle. We're either getting Tenzel Tensley, I always mess his name up from Houston, or or Armstead. I think. So I, then. Sorry, I, I just had a question. So yeah. you pick one of those guys up. Do you bump Jonah Williams over to the right, or do you lead Jonah at right and put one bump, of those guys bump, at the bump right? Bump Jonah over to the right. Because You're they, bumping because Jonah over the right. Okay. Yeah, because Frank even said it's not crazy talk to even think about doing that because I really do think that's that's in the cards because I, I just think they want to really upgrade. And the other one I keep talking about is I think they're going to get Ryan Jensen and Pac-Man Jones even talked about it. If you get those two alone, mm. I you know, and everybody gets – Get on me about moving Trey Hawkins, yada, 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 whatever. 
I, I think if you get those two, I can't see them getting another guard. But I, but if you got Trey Hopkins and just say you got Quentin Spain or you got Carmen or or Deontay Smith, you know, mm-hmm. some of those, if you had the anchors at the center and tackle position, it makes your guards that much better. I just sure. have a feeling that's the route they're thinking because for years and years, they don't pay for guards. <laughs> I keep, they don't. I mean, I hate to say it, but they don't. And we, Trey Hopkins is already signed for another year. I think they believe in Jackson Carmen. I think they believe in Dante Smith, but I don't think they're willing to count on them for next year. So that's why maybe they resign Spain and you got Hopkins. And I think they'll let them just fight it out for, for uh, the two guard positions in, in, in training camp. Just my thoughts. What do you got, Josh? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, this is going to be the the biggest part of the Bengals offseason is what are they going to do with the offensive line? Now, I, I, I like I like your idea of, of signing Ryan Jensen. I don't trust Pac-Man Jones to give me the correct the correct statement with it, but, I'll be hey, honest. But put it this way. Pac-Man knows more people inside the NFL than we will ever know. So uh, that's good. No, that's true. That is, no, that mean, is completely fair. I'm not that's saying he's wrong. <laughs> no, I... I, I you know, I'm not saying he's wrong either, but but I'm take anything that Pacman says. You know, you know, break out the salt packets because we're throwing <laughs> some sodium down as soon as he says anything. And I love Pacman. I love that he has adopted the Bengals as his team, right? Because he could have adopted any of the other teams that he was on, uh, it, but he decided to you know adopt us and it's, it's great that yeah. Uh, but you know that being said, again, take it with a grain of salt. I love Ryan Jensen. I love that pickup. Tunzel is going to be interesting. I think you and I both talked about this in terms of what are we willing to give up for a big a big splash. And both you you and I both agree if you got to give up picks, give up picks, man. And yeah. you know, and I think maybe something that, again that the Bengals haven't done uh, for a while is make a trade on draft night, especially in that first round. I, I don't think they've ever well, done. You that. mean they, they've made trades? They traded back. Trade it back, but I'm talking yeah, but about trading actual, for yes, a yes. play, right? Yeah, for a player, yeah. and especially not during the the first round. That's something that I can see happening because mm-hmm. again, we've seen over the past two years the Bengals front office do things that we are not used to: right. signing big guys in free agency, uh, really, really taking care of their linebacking position, and you know the next step is to really invest in the offensive line. And then you really invest in the offensive line. I mean, you're looking at a really elite offense, but again. It's going to be all about putting it together. It's going to be about getting guys in that Frank Pollock that can coach, can take coaching, can buy in and, you know, buy into that Quentin Spain mentality of like, yeah, we, we fight together. We work together. Why can't we go out and go get a meal together? And, and we should be going out and getting dinner every week or watching film together every week or doing the extra stuff, you know, and, and that's why I really like Jackson Carmen. Jackson Carmen, you know, and say what you want about his talent. And he's just not, he's not there yet. He uh, and I keyword yet because I yeah, do think yet, he can't right. get there. Mm-hmm. But right. Jackson Carmen's work ethic is is top notch. You hear around the, around the organization they love Jackson Carmen, so they're going to find a spot for him on the offensive line next year. So yeah, and that, I, that goes to what I would say too is is they they drafted Jackson, they drafted Deontay Smith. They like both of them. They like. I both. don't see them signing a a, a a they could. I'm not saying they won't, but mm-hmm. sign a guard for a year because you have to sign a guard for a year or two. Yeah. If if and Frank Pollock even said this in his interview there that these guys can make a big jump from year one to year two, yeah. And if they make a big a, a big jump from year one to year two, like they think they will, then you got your guards fixed, you know. Mm-hmm. But you still need and, and you need the anchor. You need the guy, the big, dirty, down and dirty center. You need and and this other thing Frank Pollock said. He, he said, "I want leaders in in the room," and that's mm-hmm. what that Ryan Jensen is. And same thing with Armstead and Tinsley. They're they're, they're athletic big guys. That, you know, that's from everything Frank said. It sounds like what he wants. And Frank mm-hmm. was, before he came out to do the press conference, he was, he's at the combine, but he was in his hotel room looking at free agent film. He wasn't film. looking at you know, guys in the draft. He, he even said, he goes, well, if I wasn't out here, I'd be watching, you know, film on the free agents. Mm-hmm. That tells me <laughs> more than anything else, they're going to go get somebody, at least one, possibly two guys. Oh yeah, the three names we keep hearing is Ryan Jensen, Tensley, and and uh, 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 Armstead. Those are the three guys. And I'm not saying they're definitely going to get them, but if there's enough smoke, Josh, there's fire usually. Right? Yeah. It, no. There, there's like I said, it's just we're going to see something that the front office doesn't usually do, especially in Cincinnati. And they're going to come out and they're going to do things that you know this organization for the longest time got the stereotype of they don't attack the offensive line in free agency. They don't go out in free agency. 
but now they're going to do it. And, and you, you put full faith now. And, you know, it's, it's crazy. The dramatic change. And I would say, I would say it took three years to do this, but I mean, what a turnaround in, in three years for an organization to change, not only their mentality, change their, their, their franchise guy, and then go out and, you know, make a Super Bowl run. And they're, they're looking for more. You can tell that this locker room is looking for more. You already have talks of Mike Hilton recruiting all over the place and saying, you got to come to Cincinnati. Now I'm really, really interested about this whole tight end fiasco. And I want to get your opinion on this. Now, a lot are against the signing of Rob Gronkowski. And, you know, I'm not with that. I, I am for the signing of Rob Gronkowski. I, I, I love that signing. I understand we have to pay C.J. Uzama, but we talked about it over and over again. What is one of the biggest problems that this Bengals team has? It's their red zone woes and then how bad they are in the red zone, how they can't convert from a field goal to a touchdown. And now that we're going to go from the hunter to the hunted, that's going to need to start happening. You're going to need to start converting those field goals into touchdowns. And Rob Gronkowski solves a lot of those problems. And, you know, everybody's like, why would you have, because everybody's, I feel like, is putting it as Gronk versus CJ when it really should be Gronk versus Sample. Now, we're going to have to, it, it's going to have to be a team friendly deal. It's going to have to be the right deal to have happen. We're not, we're, we can't overpay for him because we got a lot more other needs. Uh, but, but I, I, I love that. I love that signing. And, and with Ninjoku out, which is somebody I was like really hoping that the Bengals made more of a, more of a uh, push for. Mm-hmm. Um, we we got to figure out that tight end position because right now our starting tight end is Drew freaking Sample. Well, I mean, honestly, I think our our starting tight end tight end is gonna be CJ. Ooh, well, yeah, Sama again. Well, yeah, but I he's not on the team. Him. He's not on the team right now. Yeah, but he it's. I think he's gonna sign. I, I'm really not. I'm not I'm trying. I'm not trying to downplay CJ or anything. But you asked about Gronk, and I'm okay with signing Gronk. I'm not okay signing him for ten million dollars. If he wants to sign for three, four, sure, I got no problem with that. But the, to me, the tight you you can I've said that you can get a tight end I think uh, in the as a backup role which is what I think it'll be in this draft. You well, know, we don't draft, I, I, usually no. don't draft tight ends. Well, is the problem now? CJ to CJ is a is a diamond in the rough. But I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Tyler Eifert, as good as he was, injury prone. Then Drew Sample, terrible, and then well, not terrible, but I mean, he not not good enough. And so I, I worry about that. I worry about the Bengals drafting a tight end and doing the same exact thing as they did with but Drew Sample. Shot, and I mean, draft. To be to be honest, mm-hmm. let's say let's say they draft a tight end and either he doesn't work out or mm-hmm. he, he he takes a little while to develop and you got CJ and you got Drew again. I, honestly, if we get this offensive line, I'm fine with it. It's I mean, yes, I want to fix. I want to get upgrade there. Not I'm not even saying upgrade over CJ. I like CJ. I think CJ, if they would use him more, can be a very very good. Tight end, even project yeah, yeah. what he is now. They don't. This offense doesn't use the tight end that much. Now, if they want to upgrade that, sure. I disagree. I, I, I disagree. I think it. I think it depends on the game. I, I think. I think they do use the tight end effectively when the game plan opens up for it. You look back against Jacksonville. You look at the the Raiders playoff game. CJ got a lot of huge catches and a touchdown. I, I mean, we do use the tight end a lot. And in the, in the one of the reasons why maybe he's not getting the ball is because he's not getting it open. And I love CJ. I think I think what CJ's value is not only what he does on the field; it's what he does off the field too. It's what he does in the locker room as well. So I think his value needs that that's valid, and, and that needs to be considered when giving him, you know, an extensive contract. Because I do think CJ is going to be looking for a little bit of money, and he deserves it. I'm not saying that, but you know, we got to start having those questions about the tight end position, how we're going to upgrade. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with what you're saying to an extent. Yes, when the the team he plays dictates that you can get this the the tight end open. Yes, the offense does do that. But as a philosophy with the offense in general, it's they don't use tight end that much. Just as their philosophy, I'm not saying they never use it. But of course, yes, if if something if scheme opens up against playing like Baltimore where CJ killed them, yes, we're going to use them. And so yes, I agree with you on that to to your point where it depends on who we're playing, but as a whole, for the way the scheme of the offense is, it's not dictated toward the tight end. It's dictated more toward the wide receivers and the, uh, the zone running game. But sure. to your point before is, yeah, I would be fine with signing Gronk. I just want it. I'm not willing to spend, like I said, $10 million for him. You know, okay. I, I yeah. like somebody said it here, like, uh, let's see, I'll get it to Brad. He said, I think this is good. It'd be making it a performance laden uh, money and a p- performance laden contract and no money up front. I don't think Gronk's going to do that. 
I personally, the reason I haven't really given a whole lot of thought to this, I think Gronk's going to retire. <laughs> I don't think he's going to play. Yep. That's just me. And if he comes here, I don't he I don't see him as maybe he could be the starter. I don't know. I think CJ might start over him. Gronk could be the red zone threat, which would be great. You know, right. that's that's, that's be perfect. It just depends on the money and depends on how much they spend it. And it all I keep harping on this, but it all starts and ends with the offensive line. Depends on how much money they spend there and mm-hmm. how much and another way, how much money they spend on Jesse Bates. Mm-hmm. If they get two offensive linemen and Jesse Bates, that's three really big contracts right there. And that's I know we got point. a lot of money, so it depends point, on what they, those yeah, those three contracts to me are going to dictate what they do the rest of free agency. That's a good point, Ice. And and so then it all goes back to I mean, it doesn't all go back to this, but it's going to be really, really interesting to see what they're going to do with their franchise tag. Excuse me. I, I don't think they're going to use it on Jesse Bates. I can see them using it on CJ. I well, I'll put it this way. If they don't sign uh Jesse Bates, yeah, they'll use it on him. And yeah, and if they and if they do sign, which I'm praying to God they do sign him, we got like another It'll happen. What, week, week and a half. It'll happen. I'm, I'm, It'll happen. All right, let's let's. Okay, I we'll, we'll get back to to that. Yes, I think yeah. uh, if they if they don't sign him, it's either gonna be Jesse Bates or it could be CJ. But let's put mm-hmm. it this way: just just talk about Jesse Bates' contract here a little bit. Yep. And this is where I I'm getting a little frustrated with of what's taking so long because from what Jesse Bates is saying that he wants to be here, and he's even said he went on the NFL Network saying he doesn't have to be the highest paid safety in the league. The Bengals want him here. He said a good a good year. They don't want to make him the highest paid safety in the league. Yeah. So what the hell is taking so long? I think you know? the I think the fact of the matter is maybe they're just where I I think honestly it's gonna it's coming down to just the final logistics of it. Okay, because I think Jesse will want performance laden contract some performance laden bonuses in there. Yeah, again deserves it 100 yeah. oh, i think they're I working yeah. i think they're working out the years of how long he wants to be there i don't think it's going to come down to the money it's going to come down to the finer points of it i think jesse i i, I the deal is going to get done i i just think you can't it, it just it's not even just again for the team itself because i mean obviously jesse's an elite safety and we saw how elite he can be in the playoffs mm-hmm. but it's coming down to the culture of taking care of your guys when they are there for a long time when they were there for the losing that they kept, they stayed around. They're great in the locker room. They're, they're great for the defense. And I think that's, that's the biggest part about this is get, that's why this contract is so big, not just because of Jesse Bates, a player, right. but what it means as a whole. Right. Exactly. Okay. Now let's go back, circle back to uh franchise tagging CJ Uzama. Okay. If you do that, is CJ Uzama a top five tight end? No, that's what, that's what, that, that's no. your answer. Then they're not going to franchise him. Well, I mean, it, but but who else are they going to use that on? The, they could sign another. They take that money. They could sign another free agent. They they could do something. Okay. I I don't yep. I, I don't see the Bengals. I love CJ Uzama. I think I think he's a great, a really good tight end. I think he's great for the locker room. I don't think he's a top five uh, tight end. No. So I, therefore, I don't think they they financially and in their head the way things are could could franchise tag him. Mm. I don't. I think they're going to sign him. I don't think that's. You know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, like I said before, I'm not trying to downplay CJ Uzama. No, to me, I'm he's one either. of the he's one of the least of my worries. I think they're going to sign him. I think he's going to want to be here. I don't. I think he's going to get an up, you know, a raise. I think it's going to be a, 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 a player incentive, you know, performance incentive. What I'm trying to say. Yep. Um. So you got to. So I, I don't. I'm not worried about that. The, I'm still concerned that we're not going to be able to sign both Larry Ogunjobi and. Uh, BJ Hill. I think they're going to pick one of the two. I'm hoping they sign both. But again, that goes back to the two free agent offense linemen and Jesse Bates and those contracts dictating the rest of it, I think. So are you, would you be okay with then tagging either BJ Hill or, or Larry O and then, and then signing the other and then, and then working everything else out in the meantime and whole art and hoping that everything works out. Well, it comes down to again, do you think they're top five players do you, are you willing to pay them that that's but that's it's you have to look at that way though but so let's throw so you you keep going back to top five players and that's what it is it's, that's, it's, that's it's, what it's, a franchise tag is that's yeah. a, that's the league that's the league right. i get that but we also got to think about the the big the bigger picture of it all it's what they mean to the defense it's how they fit in that scheme it's how they fit around you know getting sam hubbard if he knifes up upfield how is that middle going to be protected and mm-hmm. so you know, you go, you, you got to take a look around of, okay, who do, who does that better? 
And, you know, the defensive tackles, you know, they Royal Flush Terry, you know, makes mention of it. I would love to see a little bit better of a pass rush. I think you're going to see that with Joseph Osai coming back. I think that's going to be a huge pickup for the Bengals' defense. Um, but well, I mean, too. there's I'll a lot of. And I, I, I just want to go. But I'll let you. T- I'll let you go. Yeah. I, I, it's you know, I, we aren't trying to downplay any of these players. We love this no, player. This no, is yeah. one of my. This is probably my favorite team I have ever watched or been a fan of, without question. In my 23 years of watching the Bengals, favorite team no. over Carson. But we need to start having these hard conversations because. We're no longer just trying to win the AFC North. We're no longer just trying to win a playoff. We are trying to win the Super Bowl. We this okay. is our Super Bowl run. I'll put it to you this way. All right, but say that way. Say they to say they do what we think they're gonna do. They're gonna fix the offensive line free agency. So okay. that to me would mean they're gonna go heavy drafting in defense. Yeah. So that could be so say you get Watts or Wyatt, however you say his name is the defense lineman out of Georgia. Okay. You get him. Say you get the the cornerback out of, out of uh uh Cincinnati. Kobe Bryant or the one out of uh Baylor. So mm-hmm. that th- there there's that. Then you get another three tech down the line. I can see that happening. To me again, that's where some of this stuff it depends on free agency and it depends on what happens in the draft for some of these guys. Yeah. Nothing again, not downplaying Larry Ogoby, not downplaying BJ Hill. Not it just to me you got to, to me, I got to see how it's going to play out first before I can give you a concrete. Yes, I want to, because the franchise tag to me, don't tell me they're a franchise tag. People are, you know, you talk about franchise tag and Joe Mixon. Well, they didn't, they signed him. They actually ended up franchise tag at AJ Green. Those mm-hmm. two were actually top five guys, you know, so I, I, you know, I had no problem doing that. It's when you keep bringing these other guys up that you might be able to replace in the draft, which I'm not saying these guys are replaceable. I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if you can't sign them and you can't come to a, a deal, these are the the hard decisions that teams like the Bengals, now that they're in the upper echelon and fighting for Super Bowl, are going to have to make. Yep, so absolutely. I, so that's where I'm kind of – it's hard for me to just go, yeah, I want to franchise tag that guy. That's a lot of money. You're, mm-hmm. you're talking to put on one guy that you possibly could get a, a quote-unquote replacement or somebody just as, as good as him in the draft or or in free agency. Yeah, yeah, but we also got to look at now our placement in the draft because usually, you know, we're we're picking pretty high, but now we're not anymore. We're we're picking 30 31st. So how so you got to look at that talent drop off of from, you know, 1 to 10 and then 10 to 20 and then 20 yeah, to 31. But we're not looking for Jamar Chase. No, like, I didn't no, it, I know it, that. You got to remember we picked up T Higgins in the second round. So <laughs> that was a steal. That, that was, was one of the. Steal. That, I think that was that might be one of the biggest steals in in Bengals history. I think I think second is Logan Wilson. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. See, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about guys lower in the draft that they already picked up when mm-hmm. we needed to hit home runs in the first or second round. Mm-hmm. We, we 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 we've done a really good job of drafting guys later in the rounds and lower picks, and and sure. that's where the Bengals are at. This is what and Blake George talked about yesterday. That's what's kind of so cool about the draft this year for the Bengals is, especially if they, I keep saying it again, fix the free line of free agency. You fix mm-hmm. that. Then if you can draft for the best player available, you can draft for depth. You don't have to reach for guys. And you, you can draft these guys and like, ooh, that'll fit in there, that'll plug in there, that'll do this. And these mm-hmm. are guys that might be plug and play in certain areas, but if not, worst case, they're going to be there for depth and, and, and stability and future. And that's the thing that they also have to look at on the defense is, we have a lot of guys that are signed or free agency. Their contracts are going to start coming up here soon. Mm-hmm. They can't resign all of them. They're not going to be able to. They're not going to be able to afford it. So you got to start replenishing that with this draft. I think it starts with this draft. Yeah, I think you go heavy defense on this draft. I'm with you on that. I I wouldn't. I mean, obviously, you're you're going to have to take an offensive lineman at some point in this draft, whether that's the first, second, or third round. You got to take an offensive lineman in one of those rounds. But I am with you. I'm with you on the fact that we do need to start looking at the defensive side of the ball and those and those depth guys and you know what's going to happen when when you know when a guy goes down like what's going to happen when Mike Hilton goes down you know right it, you it's just it's in this the nature of the beast and I'm going to go back to a, a statement that my old high school coach said I mean football is a cold bitch sometimes sometimes it just bites you it yeah. just does and you know that kill that kills teams. I, I go back to go back to the 49ers during the COVID year after they just came off of a Super Bowl run. It looked like they were going to be a favorite to go back to the Super Bowl, but they just got absolutely obliterated with with injuries. Hell, Hell look, look, look at the rappers. Look at ball. Yeah, look at the yeah. rappers. There you go. Yeah. Obliterated with injuries. So you just don't know exactly how this how how this you know game game is going to go. 
Right. And so and you do need that depth. You need that yeah, security. That, that's why I, I keep stressing that so much this year because but but you need that security, but in a year in these two to three years, you gotta be aggressive. You gotta go aggressiveness over security in, in these well no, no, years. no, I agree with you. And the thing is yeah. I, they could do they could do both. That's what I'm trying to say. Sure. If they do the offensive line, be aggressive in the offensive line, be aggressive in that. And then I would draft I know you said one or two offensive linemen. I really, as far as the depth and as far as 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 helping out this this team to win a Super Bowl, mm. we need we need more depth on 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 defense. So I think it needs to be a, a big draft de- defense Defensive draft side. heavy. Well, yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying don't draft an offensive lineman. I'm not right. Saying don't yeah, no, no, right. But uh, but I think especially I, I keep with with BJ Hill not knowing about what's going on with BJ Hill mm-hmm. and Eric Joby. Mm-hmm. Got to get a three tech, and then we got to get a, a number one corner. I love Eli Apple, and we've talked about this before. You got to get corner. I don't want Eli being our number two. I want him our number four. Yep. So that's where I'm. Agreed. That's where I'm like, if you can get Wyatt and Kobe Bryant or um, whatever that kid's name is from, I got it up here. I get the picture yeah, right. uh, from um from Baylor. If you can get yep. those first and second, here you go. Uh, there you yeah, go. a Petrie. There you go. If you get Devon Wyatt or Devonte Wyatt and uh, Jalen Petrie at first and second round, mm-hmm. dude, and you fix your offensive line. I think that right there, you've won the draft right there, and those first two picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's just it's it's going to come down to what they do in free agents. That's 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 the biggest thing. But I wouldn't mind. I mean, obviously, this is this is a homer homer thing right here. But I I wouldn't mind look taking a look at Darian Beavers or Maje Sanders for, oh, for a pickup no. in, in in the absolutely. draft. And, you know, because because Maje has that NFL build. He has the build of an NFL player. Uh, but now you need to, you know, you need to build him up. He does have some problems. He, he's got, he's got an offsides problem that needs to get fixed. Uh, he sometimes disappears in games, so you, you got You got to be able to fix that. He's got to be able to play every single snap. But I'm not, I'm not against going, you know, going with some hometown kids. No, and and you would think the Bengals would have the best insight on those guys because they're right in the backyard right <laughs> you know yeah. hell, I mean, hell we, we use the practice bubble i mean god i was just about to say that yeah, yeah exactly. so so that's where i'm like i mean i personally love kobe bryant so mm-hmm. i'm i'm homer in me wants him to be a bengal so I, I would love for that to happen um i, I actually i love it sauce but we've talked about this before we're, we're not getting sauce unless we're we trade up sauce. and the Bengals are not trading up that far to get sauce they're, they're just not going to but it's that's what is so exciting about it and different about this offseason than the last couple ones because last year basically all we were talking about was Sewell or Chase. Sewell, Chase or Sewell. That was really all we were talking about, you know. This is different. There's so many because if the Bengals do this, then this could happen. Or if they do this, then this could happen. You know, there's a lot of different nuances of how this offseason can break down for the Bengals and what they can do. And there's so many different opinions of what what they can do. Like I got the the some people say the crazy one of moving Hopkins to guard, which is where he started at. But it could happen. I mean, they're willing. Let's put it this way: if they're willing to admit that they might move Jonah from left to right, then they're willing to move Trey from center to guard. I'm just mm-hmm. telling you. Well, I, it, at the end of the at the end of the day, nothing should be off of the table, and that's what especially Frank when it comes to the offensive line. Yep. Nothing is that. off of the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's another good one too. Uh, uh, Brian, Bri- uh, Brian Cook. Uh, can I just see? Can I just say something real quick? Somebody. How amazing is it to have this many guys from UC in the combine? Oh, it's awesome, I, I mean, dude. What a, what a, what a, just in, in just we're, we're, we're spoiled over this. And Jeff, I was talking to you a little bit last night. I, I went, to, I went out for a little bit with the Stripe Squad, you know, had a couple cold pops. I came back and I said, you know what? You had, you had seltzer, don't lie. I did not. I had I had this thing called a burning apparition. It was a peanut butter stout. It was really Ooh, good. Ooh, that sounds was good. That sounds good, actually. A six point six six percent alcohol volume. So, no wonder you were you were texting weird crap to me. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I had the devil in me, man. It's just, uh, but yeah, you know, it's just it, it's amazing. See, I don't mean to control your show, just to you know hop on over to UC because I no, go ahead because you you rewatched the. Uh, the Notre Dame uh, Bearcat game. So yeah, so what's good? So 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 yeah, so yeah, so I I decided to with all the Bearcat hype going around and and you see walking those bums off from Columbus back to Columbus. How speaking of which, we were you able to catch any just like the scene of it of, of just being able to follow along at all with the uh, UC baseball? Oh, you're talking that's you talking about baseball last night. Okay, 
No, yeah, I, yeah. I had no clue what you were talking about. Oh, you didn't. You had no, no idea. Oh no, no I was talking about I'm UC like, baseball. No, I'm sitting there going, the basketball team just freaking played Houston. What are you talking about? Oh, but no, no. I wish I would, dude. I wish you had told me that. I would have watched it. I didn't. Yeah, even <laughs> the scene was the scene was gorgeous. It, it was just something. It was just like wow, like this is something that could be a staple in our community. Here comes another team that this city could rally around because. I think this is going to be the the biggest year for UC baseball. I mean, with the Reds getting locked out, what else are we going to do? Right. I mean, what better than to go to Mio's or shame? You know, I'm not getting paid for any of this plugs. Or go to Woody's or anything like that. Go grab a couple beers and then head on over to the ballpark and just enjoy a, a day at the ballpark at, at UC. It's gorgeous there. Um. But yeah. But anyway. But it there was a beautiful scene to watch. Um. And, and so I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit down. I'm going to rewatch the UC Notre Dame game and not take a look at the specific play on the field, but look at everything else that went into the game. And so I, so I, I took a look and I wrote down a couple of notes uh, that I kind of wanted to share with you there. Go for it. First, UC was favored on the road in South Bend. That doesn't happen. Nope. It, it just doesn't happen. And, and, and again, it's, it's a historic state. We're talking about the University of Cincinnati, by the way. The U, University, a team that went four and eight not too long ago. Exactly. A team that was down, de- like lucky to just make a bowl. Now they're favored in South Bend. Uh, the UC crowd 100% made the difference in the game. I do Absolutely. believe that if the crowd was not how it was and there was just a little spurts of red, they, we would have lost that game. I think the crowd energized these Bearcats team, especially on the last final drive where the Bearcats scored a touchdown to pretty much put the game on ice and, and no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> but I want to get, uh, so I, I, you know, I have a couple that, that we agree on, but I am going to hit you with a take right. that I don't think you will agree on what you got. Desmond Ritter carrying the flag at Notre Dame stadium after the game is the biggest moment. In UC football history, it is even better than Pike to Benz. It is an even better moment than Pike right. to Benz. And so, I will die right, on that hill. See, you're talking about let's. You're talking about more of the. Uh, the talk about the moment. Well, talk about the moment because the moment. That, that gets brought up a lot when comparing well, this team to 2009. Of what does this team is better than know, honestly, than 2019? I have a hard, I have a hard time disagreying with you on that. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're if the worst case, they're one, one a just because yes, they were favored, but that's the first time you see it has been favored. And like you said, it, they're in Notre Dame stadium. Notre and Dame they're stadium favored to favored. win this, win this thing. Mm-hmm. And they did. And they did handle it. And, and, and that's, and the way the season ended with them in, in the college football playoffs mm-hmm. and the Oh, nine team, team got into the sugar bowl and got our asses kicked. Mm-hmm. Um, so a bigger one, yeah, it could be. If it is, it's, it's slight. It's like that, by that much. But one yes, A, one because, B. Uh, what's that? One A, one B. Yeah, yeah. It, Not it even one because, and two. One A, one B. Yeah, because just because of what that that meant for the program, because of of being ranked, of being mm-hmm. expected to go into, and I, I keep saying this, going into Notre Dame and Notre winning. Dame. And mm-hmm. like you said, this is UC team. Who won four games or whatever, you know, the year before uh, uh, yeah. uh, Luke got here. Yeah. And in four years, turning around from barely anybody even caring about it to going to Notre Dame and, and kicking their ass and getting to the college football playoffs. Yeah. And, and that, that, and it'd be on national TV. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody saw rubbing but, Mike Tarico's face and rubbing yeah. in Drew Brees' face as they yeah. were there. But, oh, Notre Dame's so great. In, in 09, not everybody saw Pike to Benz. Good point. It was just on ESPN. I, I mean, this is on NBC. This is Notre Dame. All it was a primetime game. Primetime game. Mm-hmm. So this and that, that image of 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 Des going the UC flag around, and the other image that I would never get out of my head is the the aerial shot of oh, the crowd. God. Gorgeous. It looked man. like a freaking Christmas tree. Gorgeous. It was half red. It was over half red and a little bit of green. Mm-hmm. It was all. I remember seeing that. And I was watching with my dad. I'm like. Oh my goodness! Look how many Bearcat fans are there. It was incredible. And, and for once, just about everybody who's a Bearcat fan there wore red. Red, and they, that would just stood out, and you could hear them. Mm-hmm. You could hear the oh oh, uh, oh. Uh, you could hear that. I mean, you hear it on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I, I'm, you're getting me. Yeah. I'm getting just thinking about it. But yeah, yeah. 
The more then, I talk about it, more, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I think it could, it's the biggest moment. Yeah, I really do. And then also, and then also, uh, the, multiple other things with it too. Not only that, but it was the jumping off point for the most magical season in UC history. It was the oh, jumping yeah. off point for the highest ranked team that they've ever had. It was the jumping off point for this. This the country needs to start taking UC seriously. Not only for this year, but for years to come. And then we're going to be around for a while. I mean, if we don't have that win, I, 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 we weren't in the Big Twelve at that point, right? Or were we in the Big Twelve at that point? That was before we got, got the announcement. Oh wait, right, it was before. I I got I got to look at that. No, 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 no. That was after it because I because the first game I went to, the only game I went to uh, this year, they had already announced it, and now and that was before we went to Notre Dame. So mm-hmm. yeah, so, they, so yeah, that now they announced it came like came like at the beginning of the year. It's like the first or second game of the year they announced yeah. it going to the Big Twelve. Right. Yeah, and then so then you look at. Desmond carrying the flag to a stadium that's full of red that's that is overran you know it's it's South Bend it they had the second longest home winning streak of any team and the Bearcats went in there and, and, and crushed it they, they mm-hmm. crushed it and now the Bearcats yeah, yeah. have their own home winning streak which is going to stand you know for a long time mm-hmm. and oh well ho- we're hoping it's going to stand for a long time yeah ho- hopefully you know, we add on to it this year but we'll see yeah. <laughs> and then you go into a game where you're facing arguably one of the best coaches in college football brian kelly and the defensive coordinator was your defensive coordinator the per- year prior so mm-hmm. I, I i think it's just it goes past it goes past the point of just being that one specific you know catch yeah and and, and lift off of a program at that time because Let's be honest. The program died after that year, which which kind of sucked. But this year, th- that win was more okay. We're going to be good for the next five to 10, 15 years. Where we're we're here to stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're and, and, the, and to, the, to do so. And it led. Like and when said, you win this Cincinnati, this since the city of Cincinnati rallies around this team. If UC would have played Notre Dame and Paul Brown, it would have sold out. Oh yeah, it would have like, sold out. Absolutely. Now mm-hmm. the thing is too, like you said, and it's leading into us going into the Big Twelve. Because, I mean, you know, not too long, we went to the Big East, or, you know, we won that, and then Kelly left, and then we had Butch Kelly, and, all, and like like you said, the, the program went down. It was never – it got to that never point. Never got back. And, then, yeah. and, I, and to, to be honest, I, I said this during the year, uh, this year, I got to the point as a Bearcat fan, I never thought we'd get back to that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. when it originally happened, when Brian Kelly took us there, I was unbelievably shocked because I never thought we'd get to that point. Right. And then we got there, and I'm like, ah, we'll never – that'll never happen. That yeah. was, you know – and Once then it was the depth of the thing. Big East too. The yeah, depth of the yeah. Big East too and was a killer. Just, they, they yanked the rug out from under us with that, and and our coaches were never as good as Brian Kelly. And then we got Luke, and mm-hmm. things started changing. But I still didn't fully believe that we could get back up there until 2020 when it started happening. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, and then everybody's coming back. I'm like, all right, cool. But, but I'm still in the back of my mind, like, man, we gotta get out of this freaking conference. You know? like, yep. we're in the AAC. Who the hell is the AAC? You know, we, this mm-hmm. is holding us back. Right. And then Big 12 comes in. Now I'm like, holy crap, dude. We're and, and Luke's not leaving. Luke is about to start his sixth, 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 <laughs> sixth year, year as, as a UC head coach. And signed had, a contract extension. Right. I mean, we haven't had a guy stay that long since Rick Mentor. Yeah. <laughs> he was the last one to yeah. stay that long. Brian so, Kelly was trying to get out. Luke Fickle signs an extension. Right. So there's so many things, good things that are going on. This, this program is just on the tra- trajectory. I mean, Luke Fickle is at the Combine. Mm-hmm. Desmond Ritter, Sauce. There's multiple Bearcats Bieber's, that are at Alec the combine. Bieber's. You know, all uh, these guys, yep. and, and and hopefully all these guys will get drafted because that's just going to help the program even more. Where Luke's mm-hmm. going, okay, we got five guys drafted from last year. We got seven guys drafted from last year's team. He can go into recruits' house and say that thing. Mm-hmm. So, so yes, the Notre Dame thing was huge. It's the the jumping off point of of where this program is going to going to get to, which. Going to the Big Twelve, Josh, the sky's the limit, dude. We could win. We Start could going. win. We could win a national championship. We could. We will have the the ability to do that with the conference and the mm. talent that we're going to get. Well, the expect. Well, I, I think we're we're to a point where the and you know I, I was about this with the basketball program until probably this year. Uh, the expectation will never be will never be lower than when go undefeated or a one loss win the conference championship and either go to a playoff or go to a BCS bowl. That's the expectation. It's no longer, you know, just making a bowl. It's, it's, it's being the best team. It's being one of the best teams in the country right now for, for, for Bearcat football. Our goal is to win the AAC every year. Mm -hmm. Our our goal is, our goal is to be in the playoffs. That's where we did it last year. We should have done it the year before that. That should be the goal right now. And that's, and and let's just talk about the basketball team a little bit. And they, they are, 
really frustrating. They're playing tonight here um, at 7 o'clock. They'll play on yeah. the SMU. <laughs> at the beginning of the season, Josh, I don't know about you, when they started 5-0, and I'm like, woo! Here we go. I, I think we got a, we got a, a tournament team. Should have almost, almost beat a, a top team in Arkansas. Uh, beat, beat, beat Illinois. It was a top what, team. What, who, right. And when they were down by 20, uh, mm-hmm. a team, we were like, okay, this team's got fight. This team's got a, this team plays for the coach. They, mm-hmm. they can, they can hang around. And if they just do that every single game, they have a chance to win. So my problem is this, this is why I've been trying to figure out what the heck happened between the, the team that started 0 and 5 and what we have now. And I think five and if you look or at the team or five and one, whatever it was, four and one, five and one, whatever. Whatever. Anyway, um, you're gonna make me lose my point. When they were doing that, lose the bigs well, that we had, Lichen and uh, Coven or whatever, the three big Odia Guama, Victor Lichen, and all these guys, Hensley, Chris Hensley. They they were they were trying to get the ball inside. We were scoring inside a little bit, and yes, we were shooting from outside. Awesome. We don't do that anymore. None of these guys. I haven't seen a guy. I like Lichen went down on the block. I think. Uh, twice last game. There is no inside outside for these guys. It's okay. I pass around, shoot a three. When they're hitting it, great. It works. But 99% of the time, they're not hitting it and they're not moving the ball inside. Mm-hmm. I know everyone wants to shoot three pointers, but when they were playing good, they were getting points in the paint. They're barely getting any. And when they shoot from the outside, nobody's had a rebound. Yeah. I'm so sick and tired Rebound's of watching terrible. these guys go up and they're and, and miss. And there's no red or black jerseys there to get a rebound. Nothing. None. Nothing. No. Yeah, you're, you're you're right. I'm you're like right. they gotta get they, they gotta get inside, and I'm like it's almost too late. I you know unless we go on a magical run here, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and win the American yeah. tournament, which I don't think that's gonna because I we're, Houston's gonna kick our ass again. I'm, dude, I'm so sick and tired of getting my ass kicked by Houston. Yeah, I mean they're it, that sucks. I hate and, and and we 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 were in it the first half. They came back. Played yeah. great. Started the second half. Played awful. Terrible. Then came back, but it was too late. It's like you got to keep an intensity up the entire game. Yeah, now, I good. No, well, I, I'm just gonna kind of build off your point, and, and you know, you know, these these guys are kids. You know, they just they're they're out there playing some ball, and you know, I, you, we got to remember that. I want to love Jeremiah Davenport because I love the story. I love that he stayed. I I, I think he's a good locker room guy. His shot selection is awful it He's is up and it has killed runs yeah. over the bear and just at, at the end of the day i think one of the biggest problems with this team is just not being able to make a shot you see the offense work and yeah. you see them work but the shot selection and just not making open shots is they're ter- terrible it's terrible so I, I like- think west getting his guys in specifically to make those those open threes and specifically to you know continually put the pressure on is is gonna you know prove dividends. Yeah. But I mean, God, right now just Jeremiah's Port- shooting from the logo with like thirty seconds left on the shot clock. It's like Davenport has has no mid range game. I mean, he, he he's got he's no either, game right now at all. He's either shooting a three pointer or he's driving to the basket and throwing something up. Yeah. And I've talked to Terry Nelson about this before, and Terry's like, he needs to get a mid range game where he can drive, step back, and pop it. If you do that enough times, that's going to open up the the drive all the way to the basket. That's going to open up passing, and that's the thing too. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the season, Josh, there's so many guys backdoor passes, cuts to the basket. You know, they they go to the top of the post or top of the uh, key there, and mm-hmm. somebody cut down and pass it to them. I don't see that anymore. All I see is the ball going around the outside, and they're shooting threes, and it might go in for a second or two, and then nobody's cutting, nobody's doing anything. They all just stand around and watch. That, that's and I've kind of like I said, I'm just trying to go back to how what they were doing when they were winning. I haven't seen that. Yeah. You need in basketball, especially if you're not hitting from the outside, mm-hmm. you got to move the ball around, you got to move it inside out, you got to cut to the back, you got to be able to move without the ball. Yep. And these guys they move without the ball, but it's on the three point line. Mm-hmm. Nobody, there's not enough cuts to the basket, there's not enough movement that direction. Yeah, those are things yeah. that, that they, they were doing at the beginning of the year, they're not doing now. Yeah. It, 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 they, you're right. It, it has. It feels like that. You know. Again, like I said, like I watch them get open, and I watch them like get open looks and open shots, and God, they just can't knock them down, and it just kills you. And you're just like, all right, we got a great well, defensive thing, set. 
Offensive sets running good, and then open shot. There it is, and freaking dog. That's the thing. If you you know you're not making the basket, then you have to try to get the ball inside. Somebody needs to cut these. If you're not making shot, you got to do something different. Mm -hmm. You know, I know shooters. Mike Saunders needs to get a different move. (laughs) It's been. I don't know. I don't know if he's heard the message. It's been figured out. They everybody knows what he's going to do. He's got to get a different move. I I agree. He's got to develop something different. I, I agree with you. And that, that that's what drives me nuts is when they don't they're not making shots and they keep firing them up. I'm like, can somebody I mean, I don't Rick, know. Can Rick, somebody break to the basket? Can somebody Rick. you know post up? I mean, I don't know. It's just shot after shot after shot. Like I know that's the 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 NBA game. That's one of the reasons I have a hard time watching the NBA anymore because it's just a three-point contest, which they're great shooters. Don't get right. me wrong. That's why they're, they're in the NBA. Yeah, they're great. Everybody in the NBA can shoot. It. But I I I miss you know, backdoor cuts. I miss, I'm sounding like an old guy, but I am. I no, miss, you're, no I miss, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I miss yeah. the big, the big guys. I mean, even seven footers will shoot three pointers, mm-hmm. which again is fine, but go down the block and freaking, you know, if you're bigger than that dude, mm-hmm. he can't stop you. Go dunk on his ass. And that's the yeah. other thing. These, these inside guys we have are so soft. They'll They're get soft. the ball at the rim and they'll flip it up like a finger roll. Go, go in there, up. tear that freaking rim go down, up, you know? Man. Don't yeah, go right. on somebody. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm a little bit different in terms of philosophy. I am I am all for uh, updating and going for a more three-heavy style of offense because that's a lot what Houston does, and, you know, that's how you're going to beat them. Sometimes you're going to have to just out outscore and you're going to have to outshoot some teams, and that's just a new way of, of basketball. But the fact of the matter is it's just when it it, it just it, – it's not working right now, and I kind of – have to look at Wes Miller, you know, as a coach in his first year, it's not showing a lot, you know, it's not, it's not great to keep showing over and over again that, okay, we're not making these shots. We're not adjusting. There's no adjustment to it. There's no going down to the, to the, to the basket. There's no toughness there. there it's you're right. I, I'm with you on that. But, you know, again, I go back to, I, I go to the Houston game where they played at UC and, you know, coming out of the half, they're, they're only down a couple points. They they really – but, again, they just – and then they just have shots that just brick and yeah. brick and brick and brick. And they're, they're open shots too, open. And I'm just like, God, just just make one. And you're just dying. You're just dying for it. But Well, if you look at Houston, Houston, that their, their team, that's the Bear, old Bearcats. The, that, their team is Mick Cronin's Bearcats. Uh, I disagree. I disagree. They play. They're they're tough. Houston's deadlier at the three. Okay. Yeah. They could shoot better. But as far as the philosophy of how they play, it's Mick Cronin. They, 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 he built a team to beat us. They, Mm -hmm. they play hard. They play, they have designated guys to just foul. I mean, let's, they got, they used to call, call, you know, uh, Huggins, Thuggins, you know. Well, mm-hmm. the Houston's got guys in there. All all their job is come in, use all their five fouls and and dominate. It's not out. So, uh, someone. Mm -hmm. Which I'm yeah. not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying, but that's what that's what they're there for. And you know, they're they're there to intimidate you, throw the ball up in the glass, go get it, rebound mm-hmm. it, shoot three pointers. You know, their yeah. philosophy is a lot like Mick Cronin's was at at UC. Yeah, it's it's it's. I'm I'm really interested to see how West Miller turns this around in the recruiting game. I'm Again, excited to find out. We haven't really we haven't really you know heard much of the of the recruiting news. I I, I can't remember if it's a dead period or not for basketball. No, there, he's be. got three good ones coming in and. Buddy of mine at work, he uh, sent me the list of it. He sent it to me on Snapchat, so it's gone oh, nice. now. Nice, yeah. Nice. But it doesn't. I, he, I didn't. I don't have it now because Snapchat only keeps it up for a little while, then it goes away. But I know there's three uh, pretty good recruits he's got coming in for next year, according to mm-hmm. one of my buddies at work. And trust me, he keeps an eye on this stuff way more than I do. So sure. he's got got people coming in. We'll see what happens. I mean, like I said, I'm not. It's West Miller's first year. He's got a team full of. Oh, I'm giving him another. I'm giving yeah. him a year. Yeah, it's gonna. I mean, it's gonna take. A, we're not gonna see a, a a big jump. I don't think until his third year, to be honest. Oh, he's gonna be the guy that's gonna take us into the Big Twelve without a doubt. It's yeah. gonna be whether he can perform there or not. That's yeah. where. And, and that's, gonna, that's the thing is that's is, where his job's gonna be. That's my more of my concern right now is we got to be ready to compete in the Big Twelve in 2023, which that's what I'm assuming we're gonna go. Nothing's beneficial, but that's what uh, that's the year I keep keep hearing, and that's mm-hmm. to me where where we got to get to. And I, I think Wes will get us there, but. 
we'll see. I just know I'm just tired of getting my ass kicked by Houston. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have a I have a I have a quick gripe about college basketball. A quick gripe. I don't I don't know why this annoys me so much, but it does. I hate when a, a team is away and they're on defense and the bench starts chanting defense. <laughs> I'm like, why? You are not the student section. Just cheer your teammates on. Don't do some choreographed, stupid BS. Just stop doing that. It's so tacky. It's so corny. It's well, so don't, weird. don't you like the don't you like the guys on the bench who never play and they're out there doing at they shoot three four. They're out there doing surfboards and they're doing the three goggles. See, I'm play. all fine with that. Don't just like, don't do chant. play. Just don't, <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Just don't do chance. Like don't do crowd. It's so it's so weird to watch the bench and hear the bench do that uh, I, don't know. I don't know that's me that's just well, me. all right well i'm gonna get the hell out of here because i'm gonna go watch combine and go watch the bearcats so josh tell everybody if you got any uh articles or you got your podcast coming up or what you got going on here soon <laughs> nope i haven't been doing pretty much of anything um Basically, I've been he's take- been a lazy ass is what he's saying i i wouldn't say that i wouldn't say that i've been i've been i'm, t- I'm coaching track now so kind of focused on that a little bit i've never ran a day in my life i've never did track well, I hate a track. Coach, I hate running, and they put me as coach. So I, <laughs> I, I love it. It's great. So I've been kind of focusing on that. But anyway, uh, we will have the podcast. Will be uh, full roaring during the off season. I'll be on on here plenty of times. Um, so anyway, you can find my podcast, uh, this the Back Row Cincinnati Bengals Show. Find it pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, my Twitter page is right there at Back Row Bengals. Go ahead and follow me there. I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, you hear a lot of uh, pretty much all Bengals news, some Bearcats news, and you know I love love doing it, and uh, I can't wait for this off season. It's going to be very interesting to watch this combine. So, Jeff, thank you so much. And oh yeah, I, I forgot I write blogs too every once in a while. Uh, go to fansided.com and you can go read some of my blogs. It'll say by Josh Miller or by Back Row Bengals. Uh, it's over on the Bengals side, so please go over there, give it a read, give it a look. Uh, so yeah, uh, but other than that, ice. It's always a great time hanging out with you, man. Thank you, you so much. You too, brother. Who day? Right, brother, peace. Who day? All right, guys. Josh is a great dude. He's always willing to jump on the show. He is so much fun to talk to. He's so interesting. Go read his blogs. Go check out his podcast. I think the last podcast he's got up is me on there. So go check it out again. Anyway, let's get to the Facebook groups that let me live stream. And as always, I appreciate every single one of them there. Who day Nation. Who day Legion. Since I read, Ronnie Third, heading for home. Bearcat Ruckus, Bearcat Country, the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar, and then you can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trenopole. TikTok is at Iceman90. I'll be pulling off the sound later on tonight, so if you don't want to watch the YouTube channel, go check out the podcast. It's on BeanPod, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Please make sure you rate, like, and review. Give me a five-star review. Leave a comment. Some more Cincinnati fans can find my podcast. I love it. Actually, the podcast is starting to get some really good numbers. I appreciate that, guys. Please keep it up because I'm trying to get my numbers up on my podcast. The numbers on the YouTube channel are unbelievable. We're at 1,509 subscribers. I got a goal set for us. I want to get to 2,000 subscribers before next football season. So tell your friends, tell your neighbors, about sports with strawberry ice. I'll give a shout out here to uh, LFG t-shirts. They got the jo- jackpot Joey Burrow head here. It's one of my favorite t-shirts. Go check them out if you need any cool Bearcats, Bengals, Reds t-shirts. Go check them out. And other than that, go watch the compound. Go watch the Bearcats. Hopefully win tonight. That'd be awesome. That's just sports, baby. See ya! <laughs>
off the leash in the jungle dripping heat. Tiger strike the city streets. East side stand up, west side stand up. If you weapon, who they? Time to put your hands up. Single stripes, we in it. New day, new age, yeah, we get it. Cincinnati jungle fitted. Who they in our house, we win it. Orange and black and white, we build it. Earn our stripes, you know we kill it. Bleed our colors, jungle dripping. Nasty natty, yeah, we live it. Lit the crowd, get the city loud. Yeah, we feasting now. No, no.